hello again. After uh, unintentionally taking off the month of July, essentially, um, I am back. And uh, for the month of August, I'll be um, posting some readings of some older articles uh, that I've written since um, I won't be writing any new articles that I know of, at least. Uh, but instead, on Fridays, um, I'll be posting um, some reviews and some recommendations of uh, children's books that me and my daughter enjoy reading together. And then in September, uh, we will be uh, diving into part two of the Pilgrim's Progress. And so uh, the article that I'll be reading, um, the, the old article that I'll be reading this week, uh, I originally posted in November, on November 20th, 2019. And the reason uh, that I've decided to go ahead and jump back that far to this one is because uh, last week, uh, the New York Times uh, published an opinion piece uh, that was at least, uh, they, they published it as a taste for cannibalism. I think they changed the title and I don't remember what they changed it to. Um, and so um, in light of that, uh, this is an article that I wrote back in November, November 20th, 2019, titled Dreams, Cannibalism, and the Danger of Normative Morality. A few weeks ago, I dreamed a disturbing dream. As with many dreams, I cannot recall the context nor the setting in great detail, yet Tiff and I were eating a meal with others. We were eating meat, which I came to realize was not beef or pork, but human. Everyone at the table ate without hesitation, viewing it no different than any other form of meat. I too ate, but with some reservation. Deeply embedded within me, I sensed that something was wrong, that something was erroneous here. And as I debated, still eating, whether I should ask Tiff later if she felt the same, I awoke. Needless to say, awaking from some sort of dream doesn't exactly begin the day on a cheerful foot. Should I take a Freudian stance and fear that I have hidden desires of cannibalism? Or is there a deeper message behind my dream? Or was it really just a weird one? No, I don't think that my dream was anything more than a mere dream, but even still it caused me to consider something about the nature of sin. You see, without Christ we are all dead in our sins, at enmity with God and objects of his wrath. Paul clearly teaches us those things. This inevitably means that our conscience is deadened to some degree as well. Now, by God's grace, his moral law can be found within the conscience of every human being. However, Without being renewed by Christ, the conscience is flawed at the very best. Its purpose is to point us toward a deeper reality, toward a perfect lawgiver. It cannot provide the fullness of revelation provided through the scriptures, nor was it meant to. You see, our conscience is deadened, therefore, to greater or lesser degrees. We sin and we justify our sin. We fight and continue to ignore our conscience until we mold it to our image the best we can. From the moment that Adam and Eve first chose to disobey God, we humans have actively tried to convince ourselves that morality is a social construct. Today's moral arbiters are self and society, whereas the ancients had gods. Now those gods, however, were made by human hands, and so thus, in a sense, they came from the same source, calling their own fabrications gods made them 
made submission to them a bit more palatable. But now in many ways, we have become our own gods. The reality behind false, the false religion of the ancient world has now simply taken off its mask and embraced the truth. We are the masters of our own fate. By convincing ourselves that self and society give definition to morality, we equip ourselves with, with aesthetics powerful enough to numb our conscience. With repeated use, the process only grows easier. The guilt of sin is silenced because we have replaced one morality with another. We convince ourselves that our divinely embedded sense of good and evil is obsolete and that new updates needed to be regularly installed. Such is the danger of assuming a normative morality. It makes us into those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Isaiah chapter 5 verse 20. My dream was unnerving because of its plausibility. No, I don't fear that cannibalism will be considered normative in the near or even distant future. But given time and the right advocacy, it could. Human and even child sacrifices were once considered morally upright practices. And of course, we still continue child sacrifice before the gods of self in the form of abortion. You see, when we detach ourselves from God's natural revelation through our conscience, and especially from his special revelation, that is, his word, we not only become capable of any sin, but we become masters of promoting our sin as being morally upright. Any evil can be justified when we elevate ourselves into the arbiters of morality. Thank you for listening. For more articles and resources, you can visit bcnewton.co. Till next time, grace and peace.